the incomparable. Number 462, May 2019. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. This is one of our draft episodes, and it's a little experimental. It was an idea that uh, came to me while we were discussing, uh, as we record this, the finale of Game of Thrones, a popular television series, just aired. And we've been discussing for the last couple of weeks the art of ending a television series. How do you end a television series? And lots of people have had like lists about uh, good endings and bad endings. And I thought to myself, as I often do, hey, that would be an interesting draft to have. And this is that episode. We are going to draft TV endings. Um, now, you, there, Monty Ashley is one of our guests. And I know Monty is curious. Uh, what do I mean by endings? Because that could mean anything. And the answer is yes. It means what you ever, whatever you want it to mean. I didn't say finale. I said endings. I, I want to just keep it TV series and endings. And uh, I want to pick some good ones and I want to maybe pick some bad ones. And that, uh, and maybe along the way, we'll learn something about what, how we define a good and bad ending of a TV show. And I will take Game of Thrones off the board. It's too soon. So we're going to just set it up there <laughs> as uh, we can hail it as one of the greatest endings in TV series history later. Anyway, <laughs> just let that one right go and fly right by. <laughs> let me introduce our, uh, our panelists in the order uh, selected by random.org that they will choose in this draft. And I can't believe this happened, but because we had several people drop out today, I now have to introduce John Syracuse because he gets the first Whoa. pick. Hello, John. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say that nothing ends, Jason. Nothing ever ends. Nothing but ever this ends. This podcast actually will end because we're missing some people. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah it's not going to go on endlessly. I mean, that's that's the truth is that, is that um, one of the beautiful things about television series, I think, is that it's very rare that a series finale ends the premise of the series. Sometimes it happens, but it is instead sort of like, this is the point where we close the door and you can't see any more of the story that we're telling. And you just, you know, of course it continues, but not for you. And uh, and that's something that we'll, I think, explore. Dan Morin picks second tonight. Good. Hello. Uh, no one's ever really gone, Jason. Am I doing this? Wait, hold on. I don't that's even know. That's no. Uh, Kathy Campbell will pick third. Hello. I am super excited to be here on this ending of the incomparable. Oh, the television endings. Yeah. Yeah. No, Never we mind. will have an episode next week. Yeah. I can almost guarantee <laughs> it. You'll, it's, the ending of the t- it's the ending of the TV version of the incomparable. Well, it would be amazing if we uh, if we had a surprise finale episode, but I'll just keep that under my hat for now. I got maybe I'll plan that one out. Uh, Moises Chuyan will pick fourth. Hello. It's all about the friends that you make along the way, Jason. That's that's really what somebody should take. From I this. find that the the uh, the journey is the reward. Myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Guy English will pick fifth. I was talking to Moises last night about. Uh, how I would feel squeezed out between John Cusa and Dan Warren. But now I've got four people before me that are going to steal all of my good <laughs> ideas. Yeah. So I'm going to be following up way in the back. Yeah, but, it's uh, fine. You know, look, it's I, team spirit. I just want to point out spirit. to you that one of the greatest frustrating endings of a movie in history featured Michael Caine in the, in the <laughs> Italian job, <laughs> which literally ends with Michael Caine saying, hey, everybody, I've got a great idea. I love this show. This is the best show. What, was that when he buried 14 Batmans? Or? He did. There was 14 Batmans <laughs> he, in a row. He later buried the Manor. Batmans. Uh, picking yeah. next after Guy I've Lost Count, sixth is Monty Ashley. 
Jason, I was going to be a real stickler in this episode and be real specific about what a series finale was. Mm-hmm. But if the rules are open, that open, no problem. All right. Yep. I'm ending. <laughs> However you want to interpret that. I, I think it, I think that's good. Uh, picking seventh, David J. Lohr. Jason, I just, as long as this is the last episode, I just want to know, are you really Robin Masters? Um, I, I'm going to, I don't know how to answer that. I'm just not going to answer it. I'm going uh. to give up and walk away. I will pick uh, last. And so it will be my finale. Uh, I get to choose the final scene of each round. Uh, but let's uh, go to the top and start with the top randomly selected. I'm not saying John's the top panelist. He's just the randomly selected first panelist. John Syracuse. I am the tallest, Jason. So there's that. Random.org is in your corner. Uh, do you have a choice for us about... Uh, about a great TV ending. And I guess I should say before we get into it, um, we're going to try to not give away everything that happens in every ending. But if you are somebody who don't doesn't want to know what happens at the end of a TV show, you might not want to listen or you might want to ride that chapter skip button if there are TV shows you've been meaning to watch and we're going to give away the ending. And that's all I'm going to say about that. John? We have such a weird group. I don't know if this would have been sniped. I hope it would hey, that, have been sniped. That's because just, that's I think just because Guy is here. Otherwise, it would <laughs> be a perfectly normal group. John, you'll find out real fast. Yeah, they're going to be like the Three's Company ending. Anyway, I'm picking what I think is one of the great endings of a television show ever. I think that is a fairly widely held opinion, but it's also somewhat controversial. And that is the ending to one of my favorite television shows ever, The Sopranos. Mm. Um, this is a famous yep. ending. Uh, Jason unknowingly or perhaps knowingly alluded to it earlier in this very podcast. Um, the The thing about The Sopranos that I always loved was season one of the show had this incredible tension throughout it. Like there was there was a bomb about to go off for an entire season. It was just oppressive. And if you, if you wrote down what happened in the series, like nothing particularly dramatic happened, but there was just something always looming, hanging over your head. Uh and the miracle of the Sopranos uh, ending is, is that when most shows end, like you said before, like they, they might end the premise of the show mm-hmm. or like the main conflict has been resolved one way or the other. Uh, and it's like it's because it's the end of the story, there's not much tension left because presumably by this point you've you've finished the story. If it's a good ending, you know, you finish the story in some way and you resolve whatever, perhaps what you wanted to resolve was resolved a season and a half ago or midway through the final season. By the end, you just want to give people either the happy or the tragic ending. Uh, but you're not wondering what's going to happen. Wondering what's going to happen is what happens for like the mid-season cliffhanger or the end of the best season of the show, which was three quarters way through the run. Uh, so what The Sopranos does in its final episode is build tension to a fever pitch not seen since the very best episodes in the very best seasons of the of the show build it build it build it build it build it and then cut it off hard like go go out on a high note like uh george who stands in seinfeld which may or may not be picked at some point in this program <laughs> um toward the end probably yeah mm-hmm. and that and that hard cut at the end uh also, about the ending was like the controversy about how to interpret that. What did it mean? Was it satisfying? Was it not satisfying? I have my own uh, interpretations and theories about what it means. But the important point about that ending is that no one will contest that tension was built right up to the point that the screen went black on that episode. Uh, because people were trying to think about what's going to happen. Is it going to be the tragic ending? Is it going to be the happy ending? Is something terrible going to happen to some character I care about who's otherwise innocent? You know, never before has there been so much tension about someone parallel parking 
and they're not doing a very good job of it. Like, at any moment, you were expecting, you know, Arya Stark to come jumping out from a corner and kill one of your favorite characters. Uh, and, you know, and then just the, the hard cut. I remember when I first watched it, I was watching it on streaming service. Even though I had HBO, I think I was somewhere else and I had to use my iPad to watch it. And I thought the stream had cut out. So I was in everyone did that I I couldn't, you know, that that my my device wasn't working right or whatever. I was watching it in some digital form. Um, Maybe it wasn't HBO Go because maybe that didn't exist then. But it was it was some digital digital download. And I thought like, oh, this is this sucks. It's got cut off. And then I went back and watched it again. I'm like, wait a second. That was the end of the show. So it's in many respects, unlike any other ending that I've ever seen. And I found it extremely satisfying, partly because it's so open to interpretation, but mostly because it's a show that hits its high point of tension a millisecond before the entire thing ends. I, having been to that restaurant, every time the door opens now, there is this sort of palpable tension just in the restaurant, <laughs> even though you know nothing's going to happen, but you're just, you're programmed for Some, it. Somebody just turns off all the lights every now and then, right? <laughs> I remember watching it live, and one of the, the, the best thing to me about it, just and this is, this is a simple technical thing, for you know because i do sound design for theaters sometimes and one of the things i love is that it's playing don't stop believing and it literally goes don't stop mm-hmm. and that's the hard cut it's like oh i'm you know it's a dumb little joke by, by the but way it's, great. It's, it's a song that contains for those who are really wondering about david chase's intentions contains the lyric the movie never ends it goes on and on and on and on <laughs> mm-hmm. like this is the point the story he said in interviews you know, you don't get to see what happens next. That's the whole point. Right. The door closes. This is the end. Whatever happens next is not for you to see. And I think that's beautiful. Honestly, I so, love it. So that, like, oh, that, yeah. that's getting into the interpretation of the thing. And the, the, the beauty of that ending is there are there's solid support for almost everybody's theories. That's right. In the show, nobody itself, gets to see the answer because yeah. there but, isn't one basically. <laughs> but well, there is an answer in the show. If you look for just evidence in the show and not sort of the meta commentary about hey, what song did they choose on the soundtrack, which is kind of like the hand of the author in the show. But mm-hmm. in the show, the discussion of establishing what it would be like to be shot and all that other stuff. And, and the members only jacket like leads you to a particular conclusion but but you don't get to see whether it's true or not but that at least is support in the story but then all of the authorial things surround it support many different theories and so everyone is free uh to to think what they want the ending reminds me of one of my favorite movies two lane blacktop where oh, yeah when it runs out of movie the film bubbles on screen <laughs> like it's being burned through by the projector and then it breaks and that's the end of the movie it just that's all we're going to show you. Stories over. Go home. <laughs> I wonder so what, what that other scene is. That there isn't one. That's literally it. That's the end. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised the Sopranos got chosen. A lot of people very controversial and all of that, but I think uh, David Chase did exactly what he wanted to do there, which was set you up, build the tension, as you say, John. Is this going to be the moment that Tony Soprano gets? Uh, gets killed uh, or is it just a gonna be a not really anything and it's a family whatever it's like and then you don't get to see because the story is over now and he neatly avoided uh, like if you if you actually pick an ending somebody's gonna be sad somebody wanted to see him die (laughs) somebody wanted to see him live happily ever after someone wanted to see one of the kids die someone didn't want to see one of the kids die like no matter what you actually do there's complaints because you're putting a stake in the ground as this is how the story ends whereas this cuts it off and says you know and really gets to the no one could be mad because they're like, well, we didn't get to see how it ends. We just ended at a moment in time, which is true no matter what they show. If they show him dying, 
the story of The Sopranos writ large continues, right? But it seems like an ending. So by doing this right. and getting it before the ending, everyone is just like, oh, well, it didn't end. But it did end. It's a, it's a fascinating bit of psychology because if Tony Soprano is killed in the last scene or if he is fine or if we don't know, it literally doesn't matter on one level because he's not coming back anyway. It's the end of the show. And yet mm -hmm. it does matter because you like these characters to live on in some way in your mind and imagine where they go from here. And and so in this case, David Chase is sort of like, hmm, you know, just think think about it yourself, which is, I think, I think is a, a brilliant way to go out. And, 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 and the third way is, of course, that you, the viewer, is the one who just got uh, shot in the back and, of the and, head. And you could also, that's true, you could also argue that one of the reasons people get so upset about endings that they don't like of tv shows is because while you're watching you can believe in this big tree of possibilities like mm -hmm. oh the ending i want is yeah. going to happen the plot line that i want is going to happen these people are going to end up together whatever it is the decision if you come down to a final ending that the creator makes or the the showrunner makes um, collapses all those possibilities and if you weren't happy with the one that was chosen then you're unhappy with the ending and and by doing this david chase leaves it out there it's the the uh flipping a coin and uh we don't know which way it lands the, the you don't get to look <laughs> it's interesting very interesting okay let's move on to dan uh i think you know when i start thinking about finale shows i think a lot of what makes me remember one is not just the execution of the finale itself but like the circumstances around it right the context in which you're viewing this and so when i think back about like what was the first finale that really had I think like a major impact on me because it was like the show that I followed, like one of the first shows that I like made time to watch uh, when I was a kid was appropriately enough 25 years ago today. Uh -huh. As we God. record this anyway, yes, As we record this was going to happen. Yes. Uh, yes, that would be Star Trek The Next Generation, which ended with all good things. Um, and it is in my mind mainly because I have vivid memories of having you know basically not only watching it live with friends which is like the first mm. time i really have a memory of like a social tv watching experience uh like that like we oh we gotta you know get together and we gotta see this because it's the last one ever um but also because so much of that finale rewarded in a way that a lot of next generation episodes didn't but rewarded past viewership of the series because it was not a show that tended to be uh very self-referential in terms of the way that it it harkened back to earlier seasons there were trips and drabs here and there but overall it didn't feel like you know it was the continuing adventures of and even though the series itself as we were just talking about seemed like well there's there's life after that right not only were there movies etc but the show does not end with a finality to it necessarily right it's not the last voyage of the enterprise and everybody exactly. says goodbye and leaves the ship right it, it ends like it's you know saturday or whatever and they're like oh we're playing our poker game and that tomorrow there will be another adventure but at the same time because of the whole framing plot with uh and i assume that you know spoilers for a show that is literally 25, 25 years, years old <laughs> uh you know so much of the framing devices about q and having picard jump around through time and live out these different timelines and having to figure out a way to tie them together and we flash back to encounter at farpoint right, the, they, go, we, they be call back there are scenes that happen in the pilot episode essentially so it's tying exactly. the whole series in a bow and and that was a, at the time such an interesting idea 
uh, especially again given in a show that was so heavily episodic um and it, it provided such interesting experiences to veer away from all the stuff that we had seen over the past seven years looking at these future these characters far in the future and seeing what may become of them uh finally i feel like getting to spend some money on some special effects and fights and stuff <laughs> that scene where the third enterprise comes out and like it flies vertically i will never forget that we're like oh, they realize mm. there's three planes three di- yeah three dimensions <laughs> in space yeah uh, and we, we just, gasped the same thing yeah, yeah it was it was it was <laughs> It just blew us all away, and I remember just totally seeing right. It was for years one of the few tapes that, like, something I had taped off network TV that I, you know, kept because I knew I would want to go back and rewatch it. And it's uh, to me, I think that's a great example of a show that, honestly, it's not even my favorite Star Trek show, but I think the way that it ends is really perfect and kind of tonally works well for that show manages to tie up some things while leaving you to have all these other adventures that you can continue to imagine that it just really it really knocks it out of the park in my opinion that next generation and by the way they they did go on immediately to make a movie which was uh written before this and then the the same writers wrote this finale in like what two weeks in a week and it's so great and it's so much better than the movie is but but uh i would say one of the i like that it goes back to their past and then also tries to give you a glimpse of a possible future for these characters, which is always a question. It's like, where do they end up? And it's not actually their future. It's a possible future. But the last scene is literally the seven principles of the show sitting around a table together. And, you know, it's they've always been playing poker. And now Picard joins them for the first time and they have a brief conversation and he deals the cards. And it's such a beautiful ending because the that last scene is just about the relationship between the characters. Well, the last, the and, last line. And that right? line, I should have done this a long time ago. Well, and it, and it does a nice so job of... beautiful. It does... Uh, so many finales, I think... Um, you know, they depend on sending all the characters that you've come to love in different directions to go fulfill their, you know, uh, their destinies or their move on to the next stage of their life. Whereas this is like drawing all those characters together into one spot and providing that sort of unity that is what you've come to love about all these stories is these characters working together and i think that's not a lot of shows necessarily can pull that off i feel like people crave that sort of um yes what happens to all these characters you know five ten years from now it's like they it's like that parody of the game of thrones it's the breakfast club away. ending right it's the breakfast club yeah what happened <laughs> right. to all these characters right. you know 15 well, the years american graffiti ending yeah, that's true. The exactly Animal House right. ending. He died in Vietnam. Uh, the Plato's Dialogues <laughs> ending. It's it's really good. It is, yeah, and the sky's the limit, right? And it is, I think ultimately that's the thing is after all of that time travel shenanigans or possible futures and all of that, in the end, it is the show acknowledging these are the people that you've been with for the last seven years. Well, and it's it's the them. only constant, right, in the whole show is not the plots, but the people. Right. And that's right. not a show with a big yeah. a big story arc. They just uh, do something to celebrate the show at the end. The, the needle that they thread is that, you know, this is a show that is going to run in syndication. It's just going to run endlessly. And it manages to be both a, a f- suitable finale, but it doesn't send them off anywhere else. It just says... Here's another day. And so it can just keep running in perpetuity that way if you want. And literally, the next episode would then be encountered at Farpoint, and you'd see it start right. all again. It's, it's very dark tower. <laughs> uh, all right. So Star Trek The Next Generation, let's move on to Kathy. So 
I have no doubt that I pretty much none of my picks will be sniped, which I'm okay with. Um, I this have... makes me worried that you've grabbed one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I have yet to see an episode of The Sopranos, and I've only seen a handful of Star Trek The Next Generation. And But you know what? I am comfortable and confident in the television shows that I have watched. Darn right. <laughs> and even though this is always on the list, the top list of finales, it also means a lot to me. Um, and my choice is mash. Yeah. And, oh, that was yeah. on my God. list. Kathy, come yeah. on. So I'm glad I got a snipe in on some of you, but uh, <laughs> mash is one of those shows that I grew up watching, watched it with my family. I've talked about this before on a previous episode of the incomparable, but the finale was the first finale of a television show that I saw knowing that it was the finale of a television series. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my TV watching was just syndicated shows, so I never really knew, like, full plot lines. I'd pick up stories, bits and pieces, but never really saw anything end and know that it was the end, um, with the exception of MASH. And so this was the very first that I saw. It just completed and wrapped up the story in a beautiful way with these characters that I grew up with and I knew so well and being able to kind of have that perfect goodbye as I fly off in a helicopter was just perfect. Goodbye, farewell, amen. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, I watched it. I watched it last night. I spent two uh -huh. hours watching it last night. He was messaging uh, because, me while he was watching it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I and people don't remember like that's the that's the one where Hawkeye becomes so traumatized because they have to remain silent in the bus and a, a woman yeah. smothers yeah. her crying baby and it so traumatizes him that he ends up having to be like Sydney like Sydney Friedman has to has to put him in therapy for quite a while because he's basically shattered emotionally and it's one of those things that much more kind of like cinematic than they were able to do in a 30 minute mash story mash was a sitcom yep <laughs> well <Yeah>. funny <laughs> the, the thing is he's always been broken but uh, that really broke yeah. him to the degree that that it's 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 no longer a coping mechanism it is just a, a broken person right yeah. uh, yes. he broke so often that Sidney friedman was a beloved character it's true that show informed the way that I approach my life in in a lot of ways. Uh, mm. the, the, the meatball surgery, the martinis, yes. just constant <laughs> practical yes, jokes. Sense. <laughs> well, yeah. So the the um, I, I held a violin quartet hostage in my backyard for several okay, years. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's, it's mostly the martinis. It's, it's, right. it's the gin <laughs> martinis. That's it. It's the still. It's just a still. No, but seriously, the 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 interaction with power, the uh, the humanity through uh, horrible circumstances, uh, the way that everybody sort of copes with a little bit of humor, but the yeah. humor is never that funny. It's not actually that funny. But it's there for a purpose, and uh, I, I always appreciated that about that show. Mm -hmm. And that was my first pick, and I am so happy to be sniped that I, oh. I feel like I've, <laughs> no, I feel like I've made a good friend now. I, I'm so glad that you picked that. It's it's amazing. Yes. All right, Mesh is on the board. I guess there's a board. Moises, what's your choice? Okay, uh, I I think I'm <laughs> I'm the one uh, breaking from the direction that most people are going first. Um, 
there are shows that don't end when we expect them to end. In fact, they end much sooner. Uh, sometimes they end and we've given up on them and, uh, and they, they kind of go off into a, 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 a limbic place where what they do kind of doesn't matter because we don't care anymore. Um, and there's a show that I was not a fan of. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm not generally a fan of multicam sitcoms um, because they they just kind of do a lot of the same thing and they exist in the same surreal place um, where where their their language, uh, their sexual content, all kinds of things. It's just like they're hermetically sealed in a network standards bag. And there is a show that to make it to syndication had one of the most surreal, bizarre um, oh. all hands off endings in TV history. And that is the Brad Garrett and Jolie Fisher yep. starring till death. <laughs> okay. So that whole last season. So is hold insane. on the whole last season, but, yeah. but it, it extends into the third season. And, and, um, I, I feel like since nobody saw this, uh, I have to explain it a, a bit in detail. <laughs> I, I've read the news story about it. And people, yeah, nobody people read like the AV on. article, but, but few people actually experienced it. Um, <laughs> So the show started off, the first two seasons were Brad Garrett and Jolie Fisher, and they had a, a younger married couple um, that they were friends with, and they had their daughter and their daughter's boyfriend. Over the course of the series, their daughter was played by four different actresses, including Kristen Ritter. The boyfriend was played by the same guy the whole time. This will be important in a moment. Seven episodes into the third season, Fox pulled it from the air for almost a year. And during that time, they realized, well, if we make a fourth season, even if nobody watches it and, and nobody's already watching this thing, we're that close to syndication. If we hit syndication, it kind of doesn't matter what we do. So they hired a new showrunner and they shot a fourth season in which the boyfriend character realizes, breaking the fourth wall, that he is inside a sitcom. The The central couple start doing literally insane things, like they almost bankrupt themselves buying an HDTV uh, it, it they, they go very heavily into the married couple that hate each other so much. Why is this show all about them loving each other? What's the point? Uh, Mayim Bialik uh, cameoed as herself in a reality show being made about her psychological um, uh, 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 practice. And uh, a couple of actors from Blossom also cameoed on the show because the showrunner created blossom yeah the showrunner the showrunner who had, had had created blossom they they uh they did all of the stuff that you're not allowed to do where in a show that mostly stays all the way together all the way to the end something like community where they do a little bit of that like nudging the fourth wall or a show like fleabag that very actively plays at the fourth wall they just plain went with the Looney Tunes cartoon Duck Amuck and decided that all of the rules were off. And I think that 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 makes it one of the most fascinating TV endings of all time, because it's not like it was canceled abruptly. And there's a little bit of fourth wall nudging stuff like what Arrested Development did, where they were like, save our booths and whatever. Uh, it, 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 it goes it goes so much further and so much darker and so much weirder than all of that stuff. Um, so I I that is that is why I think uh, I think it, it should be drafted in as a fascinating, completely unique example of a TV ending that nobody else has done anything close to her since. I'd like to throw in one other quirk about this show, which is when it did come back after being off the air for a year. What they ended up doing was interleaving <laughs> episodes from the third season, and fourth yeah. season yep. together, yep. <laughs> which yep. made it the, the, the it made that, it that, even that, weirder. So you you literally had no idea what you were watching. And then, of course, the the piece de resistance is that the final three episodes aired were from the 
third season, not the fourth season. So the fourth season finale was then followed by three burn-off episodes from the preceding season. Um, Unstuck in Time, the Till Death story. It is, it, is, it is just the most fascinating thing. I, I, I can't even recommend that people go and watch the season four episodes, <laughs> but just the, like the historical value of what they accomplished, I think is amazing because nobody will ever get to do that again. Very nice. All right. Guy, uh, MASH is off the board, so you got to come up with something else. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. So so is Till Death. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> my pick is Deep Space Nine. Ooh. Just a yes and my uh, my little brother, Dan. Um, Deep Space Nine, the show, uh, had actual character development. These people grew over the years. They changed. Uh, I don't think we've seen that sort of level of care with characters on a Star Trek show until we've seen Discovery. And DS9 sort of fin- – uh, the, the, the finale ends that arc um, – Cisco goes from being a man bereft and who is uh, very not a person of faith into what some would consider, and 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 this is sort of my position too, um, overly investing in this this weird sort of pseudo religion uh, based on aliens, wormhole aliens, um, but ultimately. The character arcs make sense. It ties things up nicely, and I think it is a very, very well done finale to a great Star Trek show. One of the reasons I picked it is that uh, I thought Dan would pick it, and I wanted to upset him. But <laughs> well played. But one, one of the other reasons I wanted to pick it is that um, this show at the time I, I think was the sort of uh, the unappreciated child of the Star Trek group. And it deserves better. It is it is a terrific show. Uh, the first four seasons, less so, but uh, the investment that they made in the characters and the way that they actually made them go year after year, episode after episode, was novel for the time. And it went on to inform how uh, Battlestar Galactica would be made. Obviously, it's the same author, uh, writer. Uh, and I think that it was one of the very first arcs on network TV that, was a precursor to uh, what we now consider prestige TV. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going back and watching Deep Space Nine and being like, hey, how do we get an Odo in our show? But there's dragons. They're putting dragons in their shows now. And I think that's a, it's, it's interesting. And uh, uh, I think it's a worthwhile achievement to call out for itself. Yeah, it's it's an interesting contrast with TNG too. Um, and if this, depending on how late this airs, Jason, that we would be approaching the twentieth anniversary of the finale of DS Nine. Um, but the just as we were talking about earlier, like because the TNG finale brings everybody together, but the DS Nine uh, finale really does send do that thing where it sends all the characters kind of off into their own arcs to a certain degree. Well, it's fitting because it was a stationary place for once. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it. I totally agree with what guys talking about here that the the development of these characters over such long periods of time meant that you. I. I mean, I, I always had affection for the TNG crew, but like again, so much of what they did were archetypes of like you know how much of their characters Picard in in you know Encounter at Farpoint literally is kind of the same as the Picard in All Good Things, and that's kind of the point. <laughs> 
you know, there there is a development in terms of uh, some of the aspects of what we get to know details about these characters, but I would argue they don't grow in and change as strongly. Whereas the DS9 characters really, you know, you we've been rewatching it recently and, and you look at Kira and like episode one and Kira in the end of the the show and they're 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 similar characters, but you know, they've she has evolved a lot and that that is but important. I, I think I think the part of the uh the the fact that the uh, the Enterprise crew doesn't change is a testament to their strength. And I think that the fact that the like their strength of character and that they are un, unyielding in the face of adversity. Uh I think that the the finale of the Deep Space Nine crew is that um you see them having yielded in this in the face of adversity in a way that made them stronger. And I think that's a that's an interesting thing for a Star Trek show, which is basically a super ship full of superheroes and people in red jackets. Well, it's like they're they're the best of Starfleet. That's the reason they're the flagship. And and this is a crew of people who aren't all Starfleet even in the beginning and who kind of grow into being the best versions of themselves. All right. Uh, Monty, your turn. Uh, Six Feet Under was a show about death. Mm. Uh, it was also about a dysfunctional family, but mostly it was about death and how death is a part of our lives, even though we pretend it isn't. Um, the final episode, I don't care about for the first 40 minutes. They're wrapping up plots and stuff, whatever. The last 20 minutes is the perfect conclusion to the series. It starts as Claire, the daughter, is driving away from home to start her new life. And from there, we start to get flash forwards of what everyone else in the family is going to do with their lives. And then we see how everyone dies. We see the death scene for every character who is still alive in the series. And I don't know, I just find it very powerful as a a first it provides closure. It says, and that's how that person ends. But it also, every time when someone dies, there are living people there. So you are reminded that it doesn't end just because this person dies. And I don't know, just for a show about death to actually say, and here is the death of everyone in the show, but to do it in a loving way is such a true to the show thing to do. And by the time you get to the end where Claire is herself incredibly old. I think she's old. like 100 years old or something like that. She's very, very, very old at the end. It's far but in the future. we're also still seeing her drive into her unknown future. I, I just think it's a really complicated, interesting way to end a show decisively mm. that wouldn't work for anything but this show. Like, if you did this with Cheers, it would be very... <laughs> it would be really awkward. Well, in, in Cheers, they'd all have to drink themselves to death because it was about a bar, not a funeral home. Well, Woody probably just accidentally shoots himself in the head with a staple gun or something. <laughs> That's Fraser Crane died of cirrhosis while lecturing about Socrates. Yeah, it, it is. I'm surprised that uh, this didn't come up sooner, but I, I would say I think this is what most people would put on the top five series finales ever because not only is it such a thematic fit with the show but that those last 20 minutes of saying and this is we've shown you the deaths of all the characters who come episode by episode because every episode of six feet under starts with a death right and here at the very end of the series we will show you the final uh 
final story of every character. Yeah, and and the fact that there's no storyline going any on anymore, they have discarded with the plot. It's just finale. It's just honoring these characters and saying goodbye to them. David, my money is on Bat Masterson. <laughs> no, it ended badly. Sixty minutes. Sixty it minutes hasn't, hasn't ended. ended. They haven't done yeah. a finale. It never ends. It just keeps ticking. This might not surprise anyone, and honestly, I'm surprised it hasn't been picked yet. But one of not maybe not my absolute favorite, but one of my very favorite finales is the finale of Newhart. Yeah, I knew you were going to pick this one. Oh, I have some things right? to say about that when you're done. Right? Yeah. Because absolutely. because now this is a show I actually didn't care for much of the series of Newhart. I I thought it it didn't play to all of his strengths. It it did too much of the the wacky characters. I much preferred the original show, and. I remember when they were, you know, oh, they're hyping up the, the final episode and, and they, they sort of let out like, oh, the National Enquirer got script pages and the town is bought by a Japanese millionaire and it turns into a golf resort and then he's get hit in the head with a golf ball. And you're reading this going, yeah, that's not what they're going to do. And you start watching the episode and that's exactly what happens. Yes. And but but the, the last scene that they they quote unquote leaked was that he wakes up and, and meets God, who is George Burns. And so, you know, he's hitting the head with a golf ball. And and you're still, it's like, this is weird. This is weirder than the show has ever been. What's going on? And then, you know, the, it goes dark and you hear the lights go on and there's Suzanne Plachette. And it was just like, oh, my God, the whole thing was a dream. That's brilliant. So the thing I like about that final Newhart, as somebody who didn't particularly, uh, I didn't, I was going to say I didn't like it. I just didn't watch it, the Bob Newhart show. Um, what I liked about it is that show did get increasingly increasingly absurd as it went. It was, it was, yes. it was more like Bob Newhart was the very quiet, calm center of the most ridiculous set of characters possible in this little town. Um, which was fine. I, I I thought the show was okay, but it's sort of the inverse of Faulty Towers. In yeah, that yeah. <laughs> so it's... what what I like about it is that in the context of trying to explain the premise of this show to Suzanne Plachette <laughs> in the bed at the end, he and, 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 and there he, were these three woodsmen and only and they one were of brothers them, and, only and only one, one of, them of them talked. talked. Right? He tries to apply logic to the Newhart <laughs> show and utterly fails. It just and doesn't I, work. I think that is the stroke of genius about that. It's not that it's yeah. calling back to his old. Old show it's that the show was so absurd that if you consider it a fever dream and try to then explain the show to an, a, a disinterested observer you can't do it and i thought that was about as good a way to go out as you could possibly <laughs> possibly go a few other shows have done the thing where it was all a dream and, and we might talk elsewhere. about a couple of them later on but that's that was that might be my favorite one <laughs> yeah but well because in Newhart, it makes sense it's not just a last second gotcha Right. Which I think certain other famous it was all a dream endings mm-hmm. come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked Newhart a lot. I watched it all the yeah. time. All right. I, I'm gonna go next and I have I have so many different things to choose from. I'm gonna do it partially because I believe it and also partially because it will outrage <laughs> people and I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I pick lost. Yeah. <gasps> Good call. You heard me. <laughs> You heard me. I picked Lost. Now, many people complain about the last season of Lost for good reason. It meandered. The plot, really, because it was split into these flash sideways segments, which nobody quite understood what they were. And then the 
the sort of climax of the plot on the island. And the fact is that at that at point, it, it becomes very clear that producers seem more interested in the Flash Sideways than the actual plot of their own show, which has a million dangling plot threads. And they're trying to come up with some and they keep adding characters, even though they're in the last season. And it's kind of a mess. Um Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I think the on-island plot lines are not the best. There are some things in the Flash sideways that are just delightful. And, and Sawyer, Sawyer is the cop, Josh right? Holloway like, as a cop so with Miles as his partner yes. is one of the best oh, things in the entire show. And it, yep. that's in the last season. But here's the <laughs> Makes thing. Makes no sense, but it's great. <laughs> the last episode of Lost is, in my mind, the single best meta commentary on what a show's finale should be. In the last episode, um, the final flash sideways, as it were, just as the plot is climaxing on the island and they're they're stopping evil from pouring forth into the world or whatever it is, um, it's it's complicated. Uh, The other plot in that episode is that all the characters that we have known over the course of the season, all of the main characters, including some that have been dead and gone for a while and written off the show, are all trying to... not all of them, because some of the dead ones are boring. Yeah, well, that's true. And some of the people weren't (laughs) available also. So it's actors who were available (laughs) are all trying to get somewhere for a a funeral or a, a memorial service or something. They're trying to get to this church and they keep running into each other and all that. And in the end, they all end up in the church and literally at that point jack the main character walks in and everybody is there and they're and they're told um well this is the end this is us we've all gathered together here in the afterlife after we've all lived our lives and died um and so some of you you know you died three seasons ago and some of you lived another 60 years and then died and now you're here but we're all here exchanging kind of like some character back and forth and then we all walk into the light and the show is over. And I love it because what is a season finale? What are a series finale? If not for one last chance to see all of these characters that you enjoy before you never see them again. And Lost's finale knows this and specifically does it. And I actually think it's brilliant in that way. I also think that it gets a bad rap because a lot of people were always talking about how the island was purgatory all along. And this plot line kind of leans into that. But that's not what this plot line is saying. The island wasn't purgatory all along. This is a thing <laughs> that happens the at season. the end. And the idea here, actually a lot like Six Feet Under, is all of these people were together at various points. And then uh, at some point along the line, as everybody does, they passed away. And But they always had this bond of being on this cockamamie they get to have a a class reunion at the end uh, on this cockamamie (laughs) island that bonded them together and so now they are going to go off and it's the end and i actually think it's kind of beautiful and although lost has lots of problems and i think people were rightly angry about a lot of stuff i feel like the lost finale did exactly what i wanted a show that had been on for seven years and that i had invested a ridiculous amount of time and thought into uh, to do at the end which is remind me of all these characters that i've watched and enjoyed and a few who were boring and that i didn't care about and remind me of this show that i enjoyed the journey of and then say goodbye because it's over and that's literally what that show does so i pick lost yeah i'm i'm jason i i agree with you on that too i as somebody a friend who i think i watched a bunch of the seasons with described as didn't end with either a bang or a whimper it ended with a hug which is like yeah actually sounds very comforting and and you know i i think I, I I agree. I, I think it, it ended better than a lot of people get it credit for. I think 
Lost also suffered from being one of those first sort of phenomenon shows in the internet era where like everybody was talking about it yeah. and everybody was trying to figure everything out at all times. And it really got hyper They're kind like, of out of control. And then the knives yeah. were out at the end, very much like Game of Thrones, actually, whereas like, I felt like everybody was just trying to they were just all whipped up into a frenzy at the end and there was nothing they could do <laughs> it like yeah i mean it, it's the classic show where it's like was there actually some sort of platonic ideal of an ending that everyone would have been happy with no no of course not that's ridiculous and as it was i think they leaned into this is what we loved about this show it was again kind of like hearkening back to the tng conversation these characters <laughs> and we're going to give them a chance to get some closure with each other and then we're going to end it and i think that was just fine. I, I have no problems with the way that show ended. Oh, by the way, uh, it, it was a multi-denominational church, which I thought was really interesting. It's got all sorts of different religious symbols in it. And I also think it's funny that Jack is essentially led there by his father, whose name is Christian Shepherd. And Christian yeah. Shepherd, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one that's said his name. the most subtle show it's ever. Knows, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, I mean, Locke and Rousseau were also on the show. So for Pete's sure. sake, that was it was that kind yeah. of show. Is that is that show off the board now for the bad endings or is there a separate <laughs> no, no no okay so the, i'm gonna now clear the board we will at the very end we can we can bring out your dead of best and worst but i'm gonna go around one more time and i want you to pick out a bad ending a bad ending john i was trying to think of bad endings and i'm like well, i can't think of any really bad ones because i probably stopped watching a right. show yeah. before <laughs> you know if, I, if it's if it's i'm not liking it you know but then i remembered one I had totally blocked it out. Yeah. And it came roaring back. And this is number one with a bullet. No contest. And this is the ending to the television show Sons of Anarchy. Huh. Mm. Sons of Anarchy was mostly a silly show about, uh, you know, bikers with a heart of gold. Uh, where they're mostly terrible people. Was there a gold the man and they ripped his heart out? Is that what that? They might as well have okay. because and then and the, but you're like, but I still kind of like them. They were criminals. They did bad things and it, it tried to glamorize it even more so than like the you know Italian mobster movies or whatever. But for whatever reason, I was watching it as sort of a silly show that I was into. Um, and I watched many, many seasons of it. And some of them are good. Like, there was a really good season finale uh, in the, one of the early seasons where it, they sort of brought a heist together, and that was an exciting one. And then they, they did a lot of family drama, and they introduced some weird characters, and Jimmy Smith appears at one point. And it's all very silly and, and melodramatic. But by the time the series was approaching its end, or where it seemed like it should end, I was invested in these characters. Some of them were played by good actors. Uh, the, the mom from, uh, what the heck is it called? the uh, christina applegate show married with, married yeah, with children yeah, Carrie, katie seagal is who you're thinking yeah, of katie yeah. seagal from futurama yes, yes. she she's uh, was on the show playing a ridiculous character and she was great right so the show had gotten me to invest in these characters and then in the second to last season they were building up a family drama arc again and again it's a show about criminals who like are self-destructive and drug addicted and you know just doing bad things and being stupid and you're just like look you could all just have nice lives if you stopped being criminals and just got jobs and had families and you'd be fine but anyway it was all coming to a head and it was like they're all going to kill each other and it's going to be terrible and in like the last or second to last episode of the season the the family drama of like an angry husband and a wife who had taken away his kids and he's going to track her down and kill her because of course you track down the woman who takes your kids even though she's the mother of your children it's you know typical stuff they like figure it out and they're like you know what i shouldn't kill my wife and my kids because i'm angry that they left that would be dumb 
And really, I should apologize because I've mostly been a jerk and we should settle our differences. And it was such a triumph for the show because you did come to like these characters despite them being terrible. And I really didn't want to see the show lean into that, yeah, they're all terrible and they're all going to meet terrible ends. Because a lot of people had met terrible ends, but not the characters we love, not the ones that are left. They should learn from the mistakes, right? And then, you know, we've seen this in romantic comedies sitcoms the misunderstanding based plot where a couple doesn't get together because they have a misunderstanding right this show had a misunderstanding murder it had a a miscommunication not enough cell phones oh but i thought you were but when they said a coincidence haha isn't that funny misunderstanding that leads directly to a murder of our beloved characters. The misunderstanding was, but I thought he was still going to kill you all, and I thought you were going to rat him out to the police. Oh, but no, you didn't understand. Like, when we said that before, like, we made up. Everything's fine now. They find that out after our favorite character is murdered. And after that, I was like, I hate you, show. I hate you forever. I don't care how you end this. You brought me on this ride with this silly show. You got me to invest in these characters, and then you did a misunderstanding-based murder? to my favorite character and destroyed the nice ending where people actually learned these idiotic criminals actually learned something from their mistakes. You threw that out the one. And then in the final season was just totally nihilistic. And it ends with the main character killing himself. It's just, God. And so that, that showrunner and just everything about that show is like spoil forever. Worst ending of show ever. Yikes. John, do you have any feelings that you'd like to express about that? <laughs> and the worst part is like it was my like fun like garbage show. You know, we all have this right. fun garbage yeah. show, and then and then and then they got me invested in it, and then made made me feel things, and then that a misunderstanding right. based murder, <laughs> ridiculous. Dan, bring out you let know, your feelings show. Let your feelings <laughs> out now. Ending, I uh, you know we've talked about some sitcoms before, and I think ending sitcoms is hard. It is because especially in a in the sort of era in which I was growing up, where like the whole premise of a sitcom is very formulaic, um, and so trying to like set yourself apart from that is difficult. And as John, I think just demonstrated, the worst thing a finale can do, like a finale that lands with kind of a bleh, like. All right, whatever, fine. You know, it's one show among however many shows the episode have. But a finale that's so bad that it actively ruins your enjoyment of the show that came before it really is just a it's a thing of, of terrible beauty in its own way. <laughs> and so I have a recollection, again, as with watching the TNG finale, of going over to a friend's house to watch the finale of a of a f- like a show that was legitimately a phenomenon. And that was Seinfeld. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and that was where you were going. Seinfeld I'm angry. I'm angry. Is yeah. So bad that it makes me. To this day, I cannot watch Seinfeld in reruns because what that show, what they pointed out, like the whole premise of that last finale is these are terrible people. And yeah, you kind of knew that going in, but like when it's all piled onto you in a literal court case about how terrible these people are. It is, it is all of a sudden you go like, you get this like sick sinking feeling in your stomach like, oh, why have I been watching this show about all these really awful people doing awful things? And it just like, it totally soured my taste for all of these people and just it felt like a joke had been played on me and it was so unpleasant and so just awful as an ending that i i i cannot 
like to these days you get a, like a slap bass and I start sweating, you know, like that's, wow. it's just, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I, 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 I really just feel like it, it ruined anything the show had and, and it, or maybe it just, you know, pulled the, you know, the, the scales fell from my eyes or whatever. And I realized what I had been watching, but it, it just, yeah, to me, this is one of the quintessential terrible endings of a show. Uh, Makes you for question. something that was li- literally yeah. Larry David, who wrote that episode, came back to write that episode. It is him saying, you should question the fact that you watched this show. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Yeah. I mean, it was successful in that regard, but it doesn't Nailed make it. it it doesn't make it good. <laughs> in the watching of it initially, I, I initially felt the sense of betrayal that Dan just described. Um, but over time, I have come to appreciate it as a meta ending um, that if if they had if they had been doing that show to say what they had to say as artists or whatever, they probably would have been done sooner. And to have have uh, the original creative come back and and uh, and put that fine of a point on it is, is something that um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's cynicism, uh, but I, I can appreciate that more in retrospect. But I remember in watching it on the night, it was what. Yeah. Oh, it was devastating. It was a little yeah. bit of an fu by by the yeah. the writers a, to a the audience, bit. which, which <laughs> well, is not nice. I, I think I think at the time people didn't. Uh, we we know who Larry David is, and we know what his style of humor is now. And it was it was very left field because nobody had any of that kind of context. It was just a. What the hell just happened? Yeah. That, that that isn't how they ended. Well, plus, Cheers. it was the context of a of a network sitcom, right? Like that you're right. given to expect a certain type of again. Yeah, well, that, that's it's why a it's an FU. It's it's as if a, a Tom and Jerry cartoon, like the season finale of Tom and Jerry, said actually these mice and this mice a mouse and this cat would really hurt themselves if they did that because if you actually got hit in the head with a two by four, it would really hurt you and you'd have to get taken to the cat hospital. And why have you been watching this and enjoying it? And you're like, no, we know it doesn't make any sense. Like tons of sitcoms are filled with people if that happened in real life like we know it's a cartoon we know like and they're like well don't you realize if these people were real they you know they would be terrible people and they would be it's like we know like it's this show we had suspended disbelief and you've come in to say don't suspend that you're a bad person i'm a, I'm a bad person because i like watching looney tunes like it's a cartoon right and so that's that's why it's such a bad ending because it's it's like aha look what i'm revealing in you it's like yeah. you're not revealing anything you're just ruining your show it's like they showed you a picture of a coyote that had actually been flattened by an animal. <laughs> exactly yeah and now don't you feel bad for watching the roadrunner and you know superman can't even fly yeah yeah and so like so not not only is it like an f you to the audience but i think it is it is like it's it's silly and cynical and it's not it's not as clever as it thinks it is yeah exactly yeah. I, yeah. I can i can appreciate it for for the statement that they were trying to make but it doesn't make it any better in retrospect yeah and it and it's kind of the the inverse of you know here we are seeing all of these secondary and ter- tertiary characters coming back and we don't want to see them in this context yeah exactly uh, well I think I think it did exactly what Larry David wanted it to do which oh, yeah. is infuriate everybody uh, Kathy this show had nine seasons. And the whole premise of the show mm. is in the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to do this one. I was going to do this one. <laughs> too bad. It's on my list too, Kathy. <laughs> Go get them. Like How I Met Your Mother was a show of really like awful people, awful relationships, but you loved them and you loved the jokes. You loved the characters as much as you hated them, however problematic it might be. You were invested in these characters And then the very last episode just kind of 
just stabbed you in the back. Yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, the f- series finale, like the big reveal with the children was filmed in the middle of season two mm-hmm. um, because the kids couldn't age. It, I mean, that was the whole premise, but they stuck to that goal even though the show went on longer than they had planned and you build up all this investment on who the mother is and their relationship and the mom and dad relationship with the kids and friends and all of this and all the rest of the stories. And then and Barney and Robin and Barney and And Robin Robin. together, that relationship, you wanted it to succeed. And then no, it just all of that didn't matter got so mad they they erased all the character development it was as if they had written most of that final episode back in season two as well because they did the characters felt like they were seven years younger than they they were after all that time too they kind of wrote themselves into a corner did they film a different ending that has been floating around they did and it's in it's part of the dvd it's yeah, part of the season the 9 one DVD. That aired so, on the on the network yeah they were so close to sticking the ending because so after close. eight seasons of building up the mother to introduce her and have people actually like her and she has chemistry with ted which seems practically almost impossible, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> like, casting kristen miliotti uh who did a great job and did have chemistry and, and you actually could see it like i can see how this person would fit into the lives of these other people even though she's coming in in the last season of a long-running sitcom and then it's a one-two punch right because it, we're talking about endings here there's the final episode but a little bit before that we also get the details i don't think it's in the final episode that uh he starts to say to in his kids narrations the bob saget narrations we we suddenly come to realize that although this is the mother who we've just met and gets on well with our cast that at some point between now and the narration of the show she dies yeah so that's yeah. so th- don't get attached to this character that you've all desperately been hoping to love <laughs> and then right? and then the final the final hammer down is oh we fooled you it was robin and ted all along which means all those other relationships that you've been invested in don't matter anymore see ya we, we lied to you at the end of the pilot oh if they just gotten out of their own way they were on their way to a satisfying albeit obvious ending yeah, they that got everybody too would have right. liked. Yeah. But it would have been okay. When when they first announced that the last season was all going to be set in the course of a single day, and I thought, oh, I they've <laughs> done some amazing things plot-wise. They've done some ar- amazing structure things. I don't know if they can pull this off. And they mostly, mostly did. did. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. good, all things considered. It's a show that is surprisingly good for as long as it ran. Mm-hmm. And the one saving grace of it is, I think, there's enough like sort of separated off in the finale that I feel like you can just kind of ignore it yes. and, yep. still enter- and still be entertained by a lot of the show, which is not necessarily the case with some of the other things we've talked about. But yeah, it's it still feels like you, you wrote yourself into a corner eight years ago and just did not know how to get yourself out. I, I will say it retroactively damaged the show more for me than Seinfeld's finale did. Same for and me. As much as uh, I hated Seinfeld's yep. finale. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm glad that was brought up. Thank you, Kathy. Definitely high on my list. That might have been my pick. So good. Yeah. Well well done. Good job. <laughs> Moises. I, I guess I kind of uh, telegraphed my pick earlier as we were talking about Star Trek series, um, though I may be tempted um, to, uh, to, to put Voyager in the slot. I, I feel like as... 
not as fully serving of the show that preceded it as that finale was. It didn't betray the show that came before it. However, I, I really can't say anything remotely that charitable at, about Enterprise, um, which involved TNG characters in a holodeck. <clears throat> oh boy. So the thing is, and, and they knew it immediately, and I definitely since then they have said so, the producers, the overall producers of Star Trek got it in their heads that since there were no other Star Trek series on the horizon, they needed to sort of send off the era that began with the next generation and continued through Enterprise. And so rather than doing a proper send-off to the characters people had been watching for four years, they decided to make the entire last episode of this show about Star Trek The Next Generation, a thing that nobody wanted. And so, yes, they tell the story of the characters of Enterprise in a holodeck simulation as viewed by Riker and Troy. And it is, I don't know... I know what they were thinking. I'm a little surprised that it seemed to not occur to anybody that this was, and and I'm serious here, I think the worst betrayal of a fan base of any TV show I've ever seen. Because at least in some of these others, they were trying to have an ending or an ironic ending or something like, or or a dramatic ending. The, the the people who did the Star Trek Enterprise finale basically were saying, your show doesn't matter. We would rather tell a story about a different show. And it's just, just not only is it a bad episode, but the disrespect for the audience is breathtaking. It is, it is kind of sad, given the good stuff that came in the Rick Berman Star Trek era, that they went out like this with him and Brandon Braga having this sort of fiat that they would have the last episode be a celebration of their tenure, rather than the show that people were actually watching but it is uh one of the grossest cases of producer malpractice i've ever seen for a tv show it's so bad i can't agree with jason more and jason you're often a little bit measured in your <laughs> this <laughs> is this, really bad like this is this, shockingly you bad. are mad and i love it because it's disrespectful it's not just a lousy episode it's like hey everybody who watched the show you were dummies for watching this show. Yeah. It's no good. Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah. The series finale has been preempted by a different television show. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, everyone who paid for my vacation home and yacht, screw off, <laughs> yeah. losers. Yep. Good. It's a great <laughs> yeah. pick. This, I, I don't know what it says. I haven't seen Sons of Anarchy, but the last three, it's like, yes, yes, yes. We're really getting somewhere here. Oh, boy. Good job, Moises. Good pick. That Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. I'm, I'm so glad angry I finally now. made you angry. <laughs> so angry. I, I finally Blood made you angry. Something I've never accomplished before. Guy, help me out here. What do you have? Help you out. You know what? Keep nodding your head because my pick for the worst ending of any television show ever is the ending of one of the foundational television shows of the modern era, Star Trek Season 3. <laughs> It was on my list. Yes. If that, was, that, was that, was wacky, I, that was my wacky Snipe. pick, guy. That was my wacky pick. Oh, it is awful. I mean, it is so awful. <laughs> it is so awful. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, they postponed it for two months because uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower had died. Anyway, whatever. It got rescheduled. And then they ran this one episode, the very last episode of Star Trek. And it stank. It was a stinker. It's, it's probably good that they buried it like that. Yeah, probably, but Nobody I mean, then it. they made a movie. I mean, yeah. you they wonder why they made a movie further, like really. 15 years later. Well, guess what? The Turnabout Intruder is very bad. One of the la- very last lines in the original Star Trek is she could have had a fulfilling life as much as any woman. Good. That's literally, it's not, yeah. it's not good. Monty, give me yours. Um, well, a lot of the ones that I was going to talk about have been taken. Yeah, yeah, this is so, getting hard. 
And a couple of the ones that are left are like famous bad endings of shows I had stopped watching, so they never didn't affect me mm-hmm. at all, and I don't want to just do that. So I'm going to talk about the very odd ending of a very odd television show called Push Nevada. All right. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. wow. Now, Push That's Nevada was from September 2002. The gimmick, this was uh, created by Ben Affleck and Sean Bailey <laughs> of, of Project Greenlight. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that it was going to be a twisty-turny conspiracy show, but with a puzzle in it, and whoever solved the puzzle, whichever viewer solved the puzzle from watching every episode, could win money. The problem was, it was a very bad and confusing television show. (laughs) I watched every episode, which there was only seven of them before it was canceled. But that meant there were still clues out there, and since you can't announce a prize and not give it away, the official ending to Push Nevada was... A commercial during Monday Night Football <laughs> in which somebody just read out the rest of the clues. <laughs> and then the first person to call the 1-800 number one. And that was, even for such a terrible show, a really anticlimactic, like, wow. d- by definition, an anticlimactic way to end. You know, Monty, and- I bet a bunch of the people watching Monday Night Football were real big Push Nevada fans. I'm willing to bet there weren't any real big Push Nevada fans. (laughs) It was one of those tiny towns with everybody's got secrets Uh and you know the deal. Like picket fences, but bad. David? All the shows I was going to pick are already gone. So I get to pick the thing that's sort of problematic because I love the series and the series is still mostly great. And the finale, the actual official finale is pretty damn good. You're going to take my last, uh, the last item on my list, aren't you? Go ahead, go ahead. I don't, I don't know. I don't. Maybe, maybe not. It's no secret that I loved Homicide: Life on the Street, and oh, the no. final season, the Andre Browerless oh, season, is still pretty good. And you know, it builds to this this storyline with with his his old partner, who sees a, a guy who's going to get off, and he decides to turn vigilante, kills him. And quits. He quits the department, and that's the end of the series. And that was kind of an interesting ending. And then the year after, they did Homicide the Movie, which brings every character back to solve who shot Lieutenant Girdello. And the whole movie is terrible. It's terrible. Until until the final scene, yes. the final act, is literally... Andre Brower and Kyle Secor on the roof of the building, and Kyle Secor saying, Frank, I have to tell you something. Another lie, Bayless. Another lie. Don't tell. If you tell me this, I'm going to have to take you in. And that one scene is spectacular. And and this this terrible movie, (laughs) everything surrounding it is awful. That one scene. And I hate the rest of the movie. No. I, I don't I don't like show. that scene either, David. The only scene I like is that John Polito is in purgatory playing cards playing with people cards. with all the other people who've died on the show. <laughs> That's the scene I like from Homicide the movie. I don't like the another lie Bayless scene. I should, scene. I should clarify I should clarify for people for people who have not watched this, what they're talking about, these are things that actually happen, oh, yeah, not making no. this up. Yeah. Yeah. That really happens. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it, it 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 isn't always a good thing when your favorite show is ended with a movie, a TV movie. Um, it's not it's not something you should always by default wish for. So, David, what you're saying is that Homicide uh, was fine and then Homicide the movie was just uh, a bad ending to. Uh, yeah, and I agree well, with you. I mean, the seventh season is weaker. It is weaker. It's, but it is weaker. But then but that, the final episode is good. 
Also, they they shoot uh, they shoot uh, Giardello, who is they, shoot, they let him die a good a good character, and we basically don't see Yafet Kato for most of that episode yeah. because he was shot, <laughs> and, then, and, he's, and then and he's playing and, poker, and then he gets to purgatory. play cards with John Polito in in, yeah. in Purgatory at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just so, uh, so David. You didn't take my last choice, which means I'm going to choose it. And also, I'm going to choose it in honor of our good friend, Erica Ensign, who couldn't be here. A great show, one of the greatest shows of all time. And the final episode is a piece of incoherent garbage. And that is The Prisoner. No. (laughs) The Prisoner is a wonderful show. It has a lot of things to say. It is ahead of its time. It's beautifully shot. Um, the HD versions of it that are available now are amazing. Has a lot of things to say about identity and about uh, you know and about uh, sociopolitical issues and totalitarianism. And there's so much in there. It's weird. It can be funny. It can be serious. It's very strange. And the last episode is uh, it makes no sense. It is excruciating it is to incoherent. watch. Incoherent. It's incoherent. Uh, and and the defenders will say, ah, oh, but it's intentionally incoherent. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> It's, uh, it's not even absurdist. It's so incoherent. You don't like Dem Bones? I, 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 uh, <laughs> I don't like the use of Dem Bones in the finale of The Prisoner. Let's just put it that way. It is, uh, it is a terrible end to what is otherwise a brilliant landmark TV series, but it ends extremely poorly. But it's really a beginning, you Oh, see. it's not. I know, no. <laughs> I actually it's thought not... that was going to be your pick because I, I saw she wasn't going to be on. And, I was uh, like, and no, I'm no, right no, there I'm with her. Gonna... But yeah, that's definitely on my list. It's so bad. All right. Um, we are at the end. I will go around and I'm going to let everybody mention the show is good and bad that you didn't get a chance to mention. This is your last chance to bring out your dead and tell us uh, very quickly what else didn't get picked. John? Is it still a draft and I can steal everybody's dead at this point? Uh, I mean, really, it's I, I only put it in the list of the first person who says it. So, yes, I guess. But you can still say it if you want to. Yeah. OK, here we go. Uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, great show. I thought it had a great ending. I think the show had the courage of its convictions all the way through. And uh, the special spice is that the already tragic ending has an even more tragic interpretation. Uh, that's just bonus tragedy for you there. Uh, Mad Men. <laughs> I, I yeah. love that this, this show stayed true to its characters and didn't miraculously change them, sticking to the, the theory, which is mostly true to life, that people don't really change that much. The show that had transitioned through eras so much from the you know 50s to the 60s to the 70s did that in its finale as well. And it just had a nice capper that like I, I didn't know how they were going to satisfactorily end that, that show. And when I just they, watched it last night, John, and I, I thought I was texting you. It's amazing. Yeah, and like, and they managed to pull it off in in a way that like leaves you smiling and and feels true to the show. The Leftovers, which is a bonkers show that people should watch. It's only three seasons. You really need to buckle up for it. Uh, but it is the ending of that show and the final season and everything about the show is just as infuriating and ambiguous as the whole rest of the show. So it's a perfect fit. It's like the rest of the show. It's touching if you want it to be. It's tragic if you don't want it to be. You may be confused, and it just leaves you slightly off balance. I didn't want to spoil that one at all. I hope that doesn't. Uh, And then my final pick is The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Uh, I remember watching that as a kid with him on the stool in front of the curtain just talking to the audience, and it's the first time that I had seen, like, an institution, like, I mean, I can't say break the fourth wall because he's always talking to the audience, but, like, 
It's like it's like meeting your teacher in the supermarket, right? To see Johnny Carson just be like just sitting on the thing and just talking to the audience. Like it was it was so strange and so weird and it just really felt like the end of something and I still remember that. Oh, uh, and then my bad ones, Battlestar Galactica. I know the supernatural stuff was in there. No, not that, Dan. The supernatural stuff was in there from the very beginning, <laughs> yeah. but we mostly ignored it because it was dumb, just like that's, we ignored the glowing red right. vertebrae. Uh, you it ignored just, it until you couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah, and then and then it was just they were just in your face and like uh, reading back through it because I was so angry about it. I had to read back through the synopsis. They actually had some things wrapped up in a reasonable way, but the supernatural stuff just smacked me in the face and didn't fit with the the show that we all thought we were watching even if it fit with the show that the people the creators thought they were yeah. making but really, the show i thought is. i was so watching but fair enough yeah. i get it yeah right they didn't does have humanity it. eventually reinvent all along the watchtower <laughs> yes it's in the yeah. it's well, in the it, ether it, Monty. Jim, jimmy hendrix is eternal it's one of yeah, it's one of those eternal tunes uh and then i had seinfeld on the list but we already covered that all right. that's it okay dan I'll do my bad list first because it's shorter. I, I also had How I Met Your Mother and I had Battlestar Galactica, which I, in retrospect, I dislike a lot more of that series than I think I like in the end. Mm. <laughs> um, surprising yeah, even there. me because I think some of that, a lot of it's quite good, but the ending, yeah. Uh, on my good list, I had, uh, I also had DS9 and MASH, which were mentioned. I had strategically planned for a second round because I was told, but I know we ran out of time. So I'll <laughs> just do a brief two. disclaimer yeah. on my second pick, which I think is possibly the possibly the best or most deftly constructed ending to a, to a TV show possibly ever, which is The Shield. Uh, yes. The Shield has a fantastic ending. Uh, it manages to not only take stuff that happened way back in the first episode, and this is a show that ran seven seasons, that has like impact throughout the entire show, but it manages to wrap up character storylines in ways that are tragic and pointlet, uh, tragic and poignant, and also all too apt. In particular, the f- eventual fate of Vic Mackey, played by Michael Chiklis, is just chillingly good oh, it's it fits devastating. Yeah. on so many levels it is to my mind the shield is a is a shakespearean drama and and ends no no you know, like kind of in a king lear fashion it is is just great if you haven't watched it it is dark and it is disturbing at times but holy cow is that a tour de force show it really is and it's it's underrated in my opinion gargoyles the real ending uh not the crappy <laughs> last season that showed up on saturday morning television uh the west wing which has a, a really solid ending after dipping down into a yeah. couple seasons no, you're that right. are really That's bad. That's a good one. That, but the ending of that yeah. show is quite good. Yeah, you're right. Uh, cheers, of course, just for the last scene, if nothing else, which mm-hmm. is uh, was the first season finale I ever remember really seeing, like watching a, or down the bottom of the stairs while my parents were watching it. Uh, Buffy. Uh, has a pretty good ending. Yep, I think that's on that's on my list for sure. Yeah. S- Sports Night has a sad ending because that show should not have been over that soon, but it yeah. does a pretty decent job of wrapping things up. Uh, the recently concluded Halt and Catch Fire, I think, has a pretty good ending. Uh, that's a really good show. Also underrated. It should have been watched more. Justified has a good ending. Uh, more recently, sitcoms You're the Worst had a pretty good ending, I thought. Uh, yeah. And Episodes, the Matt LeBlanc series, has a very good meta ending at the end of it. <laughs> uh, it's a really That is a really good show, too. If you like Hollywood satires, it ends really well. Um, and then I'll just throw this out because we sort of joked about it up front, but... Uh, since Monty said we could take endings from everyone, <laughs> Jason allowed it. Uh, I think I that... I wanted to be strict on the tonight's rules. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Monty. I threw you under the bus there. Uh, 
Swan Song, the season finale of season five of Supernatural, is a fantastic <laughs> piece of television. <laughs> that is where the show was intended to end, but it did so well that they've just kept renewing it. And there's good stuff in the later seasons, but if it had ended on that five season mark and you took out the last like 10 seconds that are the setup when they realized they were going to be renewed, the ending of that show is awesome it's literally really not even good, like, like it's like a third of the even, way through the it's run not even the close show. to it it's, it's the end of a chapter yeah. but it's, like there it's really good seasons and it's sammy really, sammy i love yeah. that you called this out that's perfect all right yeah. guy will back me up it's good <laughs> kathy uh i only have one more on my bad list which is gossip girl um and i'm oh, sure yeah. yeah anyways uh it was a terrible twist on who the who was gossip girl bad choice that doesn't hold up over any of those episodes and that just made me like lividly angry um but on to the good uh orphan black and if you want to hear me talk about that more listen to sestercast mm-hmm. on this network hey nice. Um, nice. i also really liked quantum leap um, yes yeah oh you like that ending. sad as it i was, loved it it was fitting um it was really just fitting that sam beckett doesn't get back to his time uh then of course we have the office uh i had the west wing and buffy on my list uh friends say what you will about rachel and ross as a couple they deserve each other but the rest of the (laughs) episode and the show was great uh leverage had a good ending house i loved house's ending and sex in the city and just ignoring the movies that came after Mm. (laughs) so yeah that's my list. All right. My sus? Uh, I've got, uh, you know, categories of things. Oh, boy. I'll, I'll blast through this oh, real quick. Two coming-of-age shows, The Wonder Years and Boy Meets World, both had mm. fantastic, heartwarming. These are the people that you've grown up with and loved and related to and everything. Um, there's they a, a come speech. of age? But the, the, well, yeah, exactly. The well, Wonder, there's, there's this. Yeah, Wonder Years is super sad, though, because it turns out that the dad died. Shut up. How, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> How dare Spoilers. <laughs> so sad. Um, but yeah, particularly touching speech by uh, Mr. Feeney in, in that last episode of Boy Meets World that uh, that still makes me cry. William Daniels, you genius. Um, Fleabag, which literally just dropped on Amazon maybe a week ago here in the States, um, is fantastic. And to me, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge did not want to continue the show initially, and she figured out a way to continue it. And I love the way that she wraps it up, and I love the way that she continues to uh, play with the really brilliant, really subtle things that that made the first season of that show so good. Veep ended there's such a thing as pitch black comedy and they found deeper, darker, nastier, but still entertaining. Um, and they brought it all the way back around to the first season in a couple of delightful ways that again, because it was so recent and it didn't involve dragons and swords. A lot of people still haven't seen it yet uh, or they're coming around to it. Uh, review starring Andy Daly um, is is so so good it it starts out as this kind of just silly comedy central show with a with a funny premise and then when you realize that this um, this show with the weird off-kilter premise is going to go dark and it's going to go heavily serialized and downright (laughs) surreal to the point that I, I think uh, both of the season finales, you went, oh, is this show continuing? And I don't know that they knew that it was or not, but they they found ways out of uh, potentially uh, premise ending uh, um, ideas of how they ended each season. So, yeah, it, it not only has a great final wrap up, but each season ends incredibly, incredibly well. Uh, Counterpart ended sooner than the creator would have wanted it to end. But I, I feel fully uh, comfortable 
recommending its two seasons to people as a as a complete story that yes there is story and and a world that continues on beyond that parks and rec uh great long run friday night lights great long run i don't know that anybody mentioned fraser cowboy bebop uh the only two i've got left are blackadder which ends way more poignantly oh. than anybody ever expected yeah and dinosaurs the abc oh. puppeteered primetime show that ended with the extinction of its protagonist species blackadder goes forth they were worried about being if about taking world war one flippantly but at the end of the series everybody dies because you didn't think these guys really had a future did you they're in the trenches in world war one sure it's a comedy but they still die and then the series ends it's so good that'll make me tear up every single time i watch it uh, honestly oh. it like it's it's uncontrollable it it is akin to mash on its level of uh sort of penetrating the, the humanity of people and it's a comedy show and all of these people are dumb <laughs> yeah and it's so funny and the, but the finale slowly brings up the awareness of right. this yeah. actually happening and even at the end you think they're not really going to oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. It it and dinosaurs uh, do the thing that you shouldn't be able to do, uh, and have different effects of the. Okay, this is where we're leaving you. Have fun, everybody. Um, but th- they are both uh, equally brave and brilliant for doing so. All right, guy. Uh, trying to figure out what's left. Uh, justified. Amazing. Uh, Legend of Korra. I don't think we've spoken about. I it. almost I think that's... had it. Yeah. It's on you. I was sure. As, yeah. Monty? Uh, well, the bad ones I had, not bad necessarily, but ones I disliked I had on my list were Roseanne and St. Elsewhere. Oh, both of, man. The, the first Roseanne uh, season finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them did the, it was all a dream. And I just feel like in both cases it came out of nowhere and it's kind of invalidates any investment the viewers had. Roseanne went out of its way to say, actually, none of that was true. And sure, this last season was bad. It was bad. But just telling people none of that happened. I just I, I really left Isn't a bad it taste. None of that happened and Dan was actually dead. Yes. Yeah. And you can tell that they thought it was a bad idea because when they rebooted it, they just well, they didn't ignore it. They made a joke about it. But yeah, yeah, that's that's no way to end. Uh, finales I liked. I really liked the MST3K sci-fi finale. That's a Danger Diabolic in which Mike and the bots finally get back down to Earth and they're free and the first thing they do is start watching The Crawling Eye, which was the first comedy channel MST3K Mm -hmm. movie and they're just sitting there making jokes over a bad movie, even though they're free. Uh, Star Wars Rebels had a great finale. Yeah, I was almost on my list, too. I really liked the last episode of the Conan O'Brien Tonight Show. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was the one where he gave that uh, monologue at the end that ended with, if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. And I want to believe that's true. Uh, and for some reason, I really, really liked the finale of 30 Rock. Um, <laughs> it had that cool song about the rural juror, and there was a <laughs> montage, and uh, I... Maybe I was just really invested in that show more than I thought, but I was affected nice. by it. David? Well, I, I won't repeat every every one that's on my list that everyone's already said, except for, you know, Parks and Recreation, fantastic ending to a really good series, except for season one. Um, the Mary Tyler Moore Show. That was one of the first sitcoms that, like, yeah. closed the book and did it beautifully. The group hug is great. The group hug is amazing. Um 
The Fugitive. How has The Fugitive not been mentioned ah, yet? Because it's, it's old. Because it's old. But it was <laughs> because great... of the median age of this show. Oh, hush. Um, get off my lawn. Uh, that, but that was one of the first dramas that closed the book on its story. For it was sure. a great premise. And then they actually tied it up. Um, the Americans. Solid ending to a really good, tense show. Um, WKRP, even though it wasn't intended to be a series finale, uh, it it works. It works. It was supposed to be, you know, hey, we've reset and we're going to be fine. But it works as a, as a finale. Um, Barney Miller, which does a great job of bringing every secondary, you know, character back. Um, Don't and, forget and Levitt. In, Levitt gets promoted. Levitt gets promoted. Every Everything works out for so them. Good. They all go off. Again, they all go off to different places, but they're all going to be there. Um, the, the entire final season of China beach, which totally blew up the premise of that show because it's not in Vietnam and it's not linear. It's set in multiple time periods back and forth from week to week. Really interesting. And it's my favorite season of the show slings and arrows, which is only 18 episodes long. It's three seasons of six episodes each. Each season focuses on a specific Shakespeare play. The third season is King Lear it is devastating and there are people there are people who are like oh i hope they come back for a fourth season no it's it's perfect it's leave it you you, you're not going to top that it's so beautiful terrible endings uh we've kind of run out of terrible endings but the x-files terrible ending for sure uh really bad news news radio which that was i mean again the final season is kind of extremely sad anyway but the final episode where they all move up to New England and they're going to start a radio station up in the country as and that's that's going to be next season. And NBC went, no, it no. Isn't. and then and then the last the last I don't know if it's good or bad, but it's just one of my favorite endings of a show. Um, Jim Garner in between uh, Maverick and Rockford Files did a he did a show called Nichols. Oh my where God. He was an unregenerate bastard. And NBC is like. We love Jim, but this is not working. And so in the final episode, his twin brother shows up and he's a really good, honest Jim Garner type. <laughs> and they, they have a gunfight and they kill the the unregenerate bastard one. And then NBC went, nah, we still don't like it and canceled it. So that's this the is a real episode. show. And I think David and I are the only two people <laughs> on this or who will ever listen to this that have any idea what it is. All right. And uh, my list, uh, Buffy already mentioned, has a great ending. They activate all of the basically the implication there is that now every girl in the world is a slayer and that, that it's a, the theme. Can of we the, call the season five another season? Yeah, series well, finale I, I actually that? think that, that if they had ended a, yeah. the way that the season five uh, ending happens in Buffy, where she sacrifices herself to save her sister and she's, she dies and that's the end, that is a fantastic ending. But the uh, the seventh season of Buffy ending is pretty good. Um, I like the ending of Angel um, because... Yeah. It, I can't decide. I can never I, here, decide. Here's the thing, and th- this this is the reason I like it is because I like the idea that you, as I've said several times on this ep- episode, um, that sometimes you just step away and you aren't going to see these characters again, but their adventures continue. Farscape is like that, where they have kind of a an ending, and then there's like a cliffhanger that's get that that is not resolved until the little reunion movie that they did. The, the but it doesn't matter yeah. that there's a cliffhanger. The point is that their adventures continue, and Angel is like that. They're backed in an alley. There's a dragon. There's a horde of monsters, and they're all 
bloodied and uh, exhausted and basically they look at each other and go all right well i'll uh i'm, I'm gonna take the dragon you guys take everybody else and we never see them again and it's fine the last scene with the host is one of the oh. uh, with the in angel is my favorite one of my favorite scenes ever though like that is just heart it's heartrending <laughs> That show gets overlooked, I think. I like, uh, uh, I mentioned it earlier, I, I like the finale of Babylon 5, which was shot a year before the final season and takes place 20 years uh, in the future at the end of the show. I think it's a nice coda, uh, well done, and uh, uh, pays off some stuff that was planned five years in advance. I think Freaks and Geeks, which was a one-season mm. wonder, has a wonderful oh, final episode yeah. that really does yeah. sort of bring everything together. Moises uh, briefly mentioned Friday Night Lights. That is one of the great <laughs> series finales mm-hmm as well um and a great show but it really does end in a wonderful way uh talking about the especially the relationship uh between the married couple at the heart of that show um i really like how and i have to i have to specify this i like how stargate sg1 ends if by ends i define it as the last like of the tv movies that they made after the show was over it is the last basically thing with the stargate cast in it and it's really good it's this it's called continuum and the idea is that they go back in time and essentially unmake the history of the show and the a few characters have to kind of put uh have to reset the timeline so that the 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 show that we know can continue and they sacrifice themselves to do so but then time of course after sacrificing themselves then time changes and it moves forward and it's it, it was the uh the real emotional finale that that show never got because it continued to be renewed and was too profitable to have a a a nicer ending than that and on i'm going to end with the negative which is to say not only is the end of the second season of twin peaks incredibly frustrating where dale cooper (laughs) is possessed by a demon smashes his head into a mirror and says how's annie how's annie how's annie and then the show is canceled and we never know what what happens guess what they finally brought it back in a season that is so disastrously terrible that I couldn't get through it to find out what uh, what what the ending is because it was uh, awful. So the the ending, Speaking you know, when you're sad that your show gets canceled, I don't know. Be thankful it might come back 25 years later and be even worse. <laughs> so I'd like to thank my my guests for being here and picking many shows that ended uh, well or badly. John Syracuse, thank you. That's all, folks. Dan Morin, thank you. This podcast is over. Kathy Campbell, thank you. Uh, Dan, you stole my line. You're not supposed to snipe it. (laughs) (laughs) Moises, thank you. This podcast was great, but let's be honest. Nobody wants reunion movies, married in Hawaii specials. We can just end it. We're going to just close the door right here. Guy English, thank you. The worst ending of a show ever is going to be the ending of The Incomparable. (laughs) For sure. For sure. It's not going to go well. I'm going I'm, I'm no, to... No, it's going to break my heart. The incomparable never ends. Monty, Ashley, thank you. Fun fact, the working title of Lost was This Cockamamie Island. <laughs> <laughs> David J. Lohr, thank you. C- come on, you're Robin Masters. Just, just say it. Come on. And uh, thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of The Incomparable and Kids. That's how I met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Incomparable members get to hear all sorts of surprising things, like the time during this episode where Guy tried to wrath of con me. Like Captain James T. Kirk, a no-win situation is not for me.
I'm not going to accept that. What I'd like to do is talk about the ending of Magnum P.I. before I get <gasps> What is happening? Well, here's the thing. But... Your shields were down because you thought we were doing bad endings, but we're not. We, uh, no, oh, we wow. are. Can we do this? No, we can't. He's, he's trying to take a double pick of right. bad and good. Right. He's doing double good bad. I'm doing good. It's, right. it's spookily scarifying. Um, you can <laughs> you can save a good one for the for the end end. Jason, I don't know what to tell you. I've got the codes to the console, <laughs> and I'm going to con you. Like, like, <laughs> it's just a four digit code. <laughs> I'll allow it. Four digits. Come on. You probably should have done a better job, Captain. He has the command codes. I really enjoy the mag- the ending of Magnum PI. <laughs> Nobody's going. to... Well, I ed- I edit the podcast, so go ahead, guy. <laughs> hey everybody! Hello, hey everybody! Bootleg. Hello, bootleg. To be clear, I picked Magnum PI mostly because David's here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Also, you didn't pick it because it never happened. Monty, give me yours. Well, as Guy was just saying about Magnum PI. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, Monty, you're the best. To become a member, go to theincomparable.com/members today.